It has been too long since we've had Dr. Todd Still, the, the dean of Truett Seminary, come and fill the pulpit. You've actually heard from him more often than you think because when I come to a difficult place in a text, I know that I can always turn to one of Dr. Still's commentaries to help me out. And he has helped me more, more than I can say. He is a man of deep scholarship. His study of scripture uh, has been exemplary in the academic world, but more particularly, as he has studied scripture, I think it's fair to say he has studied it as a pastor and an evangelist and a missionary. That is, with a spirit of ministry. And I think everyone here knows that because, of course, Dr. Still is no stranger to First Woodway Baptist Church. And so it's with joy that I want to introduce to you Dr. Todd Still. Todd? Well, good morning. It's a joy to be here. Paul, thank you for the privilege, not only of preaching in your place. Uh, Go ahead and lower your expectations. It's not what you're going to get week by week. Uh, But also uh, for the privilege of baptizing uh, my nephew, Pearson, this morning means a great amount to me. Thank you. Could we pray together? Spirit of the living God, would you fall fresh on us? As we look to your word, would you uh, allow the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts to be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer? And this is our prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, I'm bringing with me a question this morning uh, that I want us to look to Galatians 5 and 6 in an attempt to answer together. And here's the question. How can we, as those who've been baptized into Jesus Christ, live faithful and fruitful lives? How can we, who've been baptized into Jesus, live faithful and fruitful lives? lives. Some of the answers on offer are non-answers. Do the best you can or do as you would. Any more than the answers that were being offered Galatian Christ followers were uh, ultimately going to uh, scratch their itch. For you see, Paul brought the gospel to Galatian congregations. There were none before he came. And as he left, there were some Johnny, perhaps Janie come lately's, that he calls agitators or troublers who were saying to the Galatian congregations that you began by faith, you began by grace, but what you really need is the law to kind of top it up. So if you are a Galatian Gentile Christ follower, Uh, that means that you have to be circumcised. For the whole of you, that means that you need to begin to live by dietary laws, to begin to observe certain days along with your new diet. And that's the way to really be faithful and fruitful. In Galatians, Paul devotes the first portion of this remarkable letter, which Martin Luther said was his Katharina von Barra, to whom he had plighted his troth. He was married to Katie. He liked the letter a lot. 
In the first two chapters, Paul offers autobiographical materials that bear upon the matter to hand. Then in chapters three and four, it's a bit of tough sledding as he thinks about biblical and theological uh, concerns that should shape the Galatians' thinking and living. And then in the last portion of the letter, chapters five and six, he uh, is able to say, this then is how we should live. So if you found Galatians, would you listen as we listen to and for God's word together? Verse 25, I'm going to read across a chapter division. Take a deep breath. It'll be okay. Verse 25, if or since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. Let us not become conceited provoking and envying each other. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a trespass, you who are living by the Spirit should restore that person with gentleness. But watch yourselves, or you may also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks that they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else, for each one should carry his or her own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever person sows, this will they also reap. If they sow to the flesh, from the flesh will reap corruption. But if they sow to the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not grow weary then in well-doing, for in due time you will reap if you do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have time, let us do good to all people, but especially those who belong to the household of faith. And then would you skip with me to verse 14 of chapter 6. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom I have been crucified, I'm sorry, through whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision is anything, but a new creation is everything. Peace and mercy to those who follow this rule, even to the Israel of God. How can we, as baptized believers, live faithful, fruitful lives? Paul says, we can live in such a way if we stay in step, keep in step with the Spirit. Now, as Baptists, we tend to talk a lot about Father, Son, and Holy Scripture, but we don't always talk a whole lot about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Paul says that we are to keep in step with the Spirit of the living Christ who dwells in us, into whom we've been baptized, and dwells among us. That's easier said than done, however. 
which is why Paul goes on to tell us how we might keep in step with the Spirit. The first thing that he draws to our attention is that if we want to keep in step with the Spirit, then we are going to need to balance caring for the other and taking care of ourselves lest we too stumble. Another way to say it is carrying one another's burdens and bearing our own load. Paul says that we are to bear one another's burdens. And in this way, we fulfill the law of Christ, the law of love. Do you recall way back in Genesis, after Cain killed Abel, the Lord asked of Cain, where is your brother? And Cain, in his snarky response, said, having a clue. Am I my brother's keeper? He thought he wasn't, and he actually was, no less than we are our brother, our sister's keeper. It was John Donne, wasn't it, in his remarkable meditation that says, we're all part of the continent, a part of the main. If anyone is diminished, the whole of us are diminished. Ask not then for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for us. It tolls for thee. And even as we are to bear one another's burdens and in this way fulfill the law of Christ, Paul says we're to carry our own load. We're to bear our own weight. It's a delicate dance. Perhaps when we feel as if though we have to do it alone, we should look to others to lighten our load. And perhaps when we lean perhaps too much on another, we must recognize that each one, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, will give an account for the deeds done in the flesh, whether good or bad. How can we keep in step with the Spirit? By balancing care for the other and concern about our own spiritual life and walk. So also, if we are to keep in step with the Spirit, we not only balance, but we embrace. There are any number of things that Paul calls us to embrace so that we might be fruitful and faithful followers of Jesus. The first thing that Paul says to us is that we need to be those that value concord over discord. To live above with saints we love. You've heard it. That will be grace and glory. But to live below with saints we know, well, that's another story. <laughs> But that story is our story. We're kind of like porcupines on a cold winter's night, aren't we? We need one another, yet we needle one another. We discover, however, that we are to choose concord over discord. We're to be united instead of divided. 
Wouldn't it be good if we could hear afresh the high priestly prayer of Jesus in John 17? Lord, might they be one, even as you and I are one. Paul says, do not be guilty of provoking. Do not be guilty of envying one another. Earlier in chapter 5, Paul says, if you bite and devour each other, watch out lest you destroy one another. And in that laundry list of vices in chapter 5 that are to be avoided, are to be shunned, isn't it fascinating that any number of them are given over to relationships that are undone? Paul says, let there not be hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy. So if we're going to stay in step with the Spirit, we're going to have to embrace concord over discord. Yet, even more, Paul says, if we are going to stay in step with the Spirit, we're going to have to choose care over conceit. At the outset of chapter 6, note with me, if someone is caught in a trespass, not unlike uh, an animal that has been trapped, what to do? Well, don't let another wounded soldier die. Rather, you who are walking by the Spirit, restore that person. It's fascinating this word restore is a word picture. It can mean a fisher that has mended a net. It can mean a physician that has set a bone. You who are walking in the Spirit, restore that person. But do so how? With a spirit of gentleness. Why? Well, knowing that you too may be tempted so Look to yourselves as well. Because you see, even as knowledge puffs up, love builds up. So the call is to care over conceit. Chapter 6, verse 6 points in the same direction. As Paul says, those of you who are catechized, that is, instructed in the word, share all good things with the catechumen, that is, the one offering instruction. The call then as we walk by the Spirit is to embrace care over conceit, even as we've embraced concord over discord. Yet there's more. Paul says in chapter 6 verse 7 that we are to choose discernment over deceit. Do not be deceived. God is is not mocked. Literally, you can't thumb the nose at God. God will not end up with mud on face. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For what one sows, this will they also reap. We will reap what we sow. Growing up, we used to go to Missouri summer after summer after summer. That's where my parents are from. That's where my grandmother lived. 
And I wasn't much of a farmer, still not best I can tell, but I sure did like mowing her lawn and I sure did like sneaking into her strawberry patch. And as I did, emerging with strawberry juice coming from my face, when my grandmother asked, Todd, you shouldn't eat the strawberries. Why are you doing that? I said, oh, granny, I'm not eating them. I'm just smelling them (laughs) or something like that. No one had to teach me to lie. I learned it on my own. <laughs> but I, I, I wasn't much of a farmer, still am not, but I know this much. If you sow green bean seeds, you're not going to get strawberries. So you reap what you sow, but you also reap more than you sow. Has it been said that any fool can count the number of seeds in an apple? But only God can count the number of apples in a seed. Has it been said that you sow a thought, you reap an action, you sow an action, you reap a habit, you sow a habit, you reap a lifestyle, you sow a lifestyle, you reap a destiny. But it all begins with sowing. We reap what we sow, we reap more than we sow, we reap later than we sow. So, we need to know what we sow. Have you heard the story about the fox and the lark? I doubt it because I made it up. And here it goes. (laughs) The fox and the lark lived in a wood. They were not friends. So, the fox comes to the lark's tree one day and he says, Mr. Lark, may we be friends. The lark was a bird brain, but he knew better than to become friends with the fox. And the fox says, let me show you how I want to be your friend. And so he began to befriend him. And here's the way he did it. He said, tomorrow I will bring a worm to the base of the tree and I'll take leave. No strings attached. Well, the bird, the lark didn't believe him, but sure enough, the next day, Here comes the fox trotting up to the base of the tree with the worm, puts it at the base of the tree and takes his leave. The lark looks around, swoops down, picks up the worm. Day after day, the fox does the same. Brings the worm, puts it at the base of the tree, takes leave. Here comes the lark, swoops down to get its breakfast. Until one day, the fox says to the lark, All good relationships are reciprocal. You're going to have to put skin in this game. Actually, don't put skin. When you come to the base of the tree tomorrow, here's what I need from you. Leave a feather. Not ten, not two, just one feather. Just a feather at the base of the tree. I'll give you a worm, you give me a feather. How does that sound? Good deal. And so, day after day, here comes the worm, here comes the bird, there goes the feather. Until that fateful day, it's the day when the fox brought the worm and the lark descended, having let the fox take leave and wanting to fly can only flutter because you see, the fox had fattened his prey. You say, Todd, what's the point? I'm not sure what the point is, but I do like the story. Or perhaps the point is this, don't trade your wings for worms. 
Those who wait on the Lord, they'll mount up with wings as eagles. They'll walk and not grow weary. They will run and not faint. If we're going to be faithful, fruitful folks, having been baptized into Jesus Christ, we're going to stay in step with the Spirit. And one of the things that we'll have to do is we'll have to embrace a commitment to choose discernment over deceit. So also, we'll choose well-doing over weariness. Do you ever think that you really can't put another spiritual foot in front of the other? The ancients sometimes called it the dark night of the soul. We've experienced it as if though there's a certain degree of distance. We don't know how it happened and we're not even sure how we can get rid of it. But what we do know is that there is a deep weariness. And our lives are not marked by the joy we once had. And we find ourselves saying with the psalmist, restore to me the joy of my salvation. But we just have a deep seated weariness. Paul says to the Galatians, and by way of extension to us, do not grow weary in well-doing. Don't grow weary in teaching the Sunday school class. Don't grow weary in offering sacrificial acts of service to one another that no one else might see, or perhaps especially that no one else can see. To the Corinthians, Paul can say, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. It's not empty. Keep on keeping on. The race is not always won by the fastest one. Keep in the race. Be the tortoise. It's better than the hare after all. If we are going to walk by the Spirit, we're going to need to balance how we lead out our Christian lives, taking care for the other even as we care for ourselves in faith. We're going to need to balance our lives. We're going to need to embrace these various commitments of which we've just spoken. But the last thing that I want us to note is if we are going to live faithful and fruitful lives in Jesus, we are going to have to keep our focus on the cross. We're going to have to keep, as it were, the main thing, the main thing. Paul says, may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which or whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. I don't know what your favorite passage in this little letter is. I would have thought that Galatians 2.20 and 21 might be near the nerve center of your affections. I have been crucified with Christ It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in or the faithfulness of the Son of God who loved me 
and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died needlessly, but it does not, and he did not. And so, again, we see the cross high and lifted up. For if I be lifted up, I will draw all people even unto myself. And so you see, you all, if we are to stay in step with the Spirit and if we lead these lives of balance, exclusion and embrace, and a life focused on the cross, we will stay in step with the Spirit. And watch this. When so doing, we will bear the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and self-control against which there is no law. The fruit of the Spirit is the character of Christ. And the reason that we stay in step with the Spirit is because the Spirit all the way to Jesus leads us. And when that happens, Jesus says that you will know them by their fruit. And our lives will be full of the fruit of the Spirit so that others might discover that which we have discovered, that which Jim Elliot once said, that he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Baptism, as we're plunged into the watery grave, and raised to walk in newness of life, it is not the end. It is not even the beginning of the end. But it is the end of the beginning as we begin to be formed and forged more fully into the image and likeness of Jesus who loves us and gave himself for us. Would you please pray with me? Our Lord and our God, we're grateful for Jesus the Christ who would rather die than live without us. And we're grateful in these moments that we have now opportunity to respond. And as we respond, Lord Christ, to your call upon our lives, we pray that we would be obedient Remembering Christ's own words, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but do not do what I say? During this time of response, even as crosses are illumined on either side and people are there to receive and to respond to our needs, perhaps, Lord, we would respond by saying, Jesus is Lord, following him in baptism. See, there's much water here. What prohibits you from being baptized? 
Or Lord, perhaps we have embraced your grace, but we've led lives that are indifferent to you. Draw us to yourself, Lord. Or perhaps we are Christ followers, but have been cut off from church, maybe because of COVID, maybe just because of bad habits. But Lord, use this time so that folks might join their lives with the life of this church. Or maybe you're stirring a calling in someone's life to vocational service or special service within this church or within this community. Lord, we know not how you move, but we know that you move. So Spirit of the living God, fall afresh. Use us in these days. Move in our midst in these moments. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen.